This, this is the second, second Story Podcast. At my work, I spend a lot of time with kindergartners, running around on playgrounds and treating scrapes and bruises, and it constantly amazes me just how much these kids actually see and comment on and are able to comprehend. Questions of race and gender and emotional hurt are tackled with this abandon that's inspiring, and their youthful ability to forgive and forget is one that most adults could benefit to remember. This week on the Second Story Podcast, we hear from one of those kindergartners, all grown up. Alex Kessler inhabits the six-year-old self to explore gender identity, societal expectations, and the pink Power Ranger. Alex is a thrilling new voice in the Chicago storytelling community, having recently graduated from Columbia College, Chicago. This story, a Second Story debut, was performed at Webster's Wine Bar in March of 2014. The theme of the evening was Once More Unto the Breach, stories of beautiful struggle. Now, live from Webster's Wine Bar, Second Story is proud to present Alex Kessler. My AM kindergarten class with Miss Nondorf is the bee's knees. We have a sizable toy kitchen set that I enjoy getting all sorts of domestic in and sweeping views of a patch of empty lawn near the playground. I'm looking much less fabulous than you are seeing me today, clad in my brother's hand-me-downs and an obnoxiously patterned windbreaker tied around my waist. To my right, or left? I haven't figured out this whole directions thing yet. Most likely sits one of my many best friends because pretty much everyone is your best friend when you're six. Well, except that Angela Radmilovic girl who can read chapter books. I just don't trust kindergartners with that much reading comprehension. We are prompted with this assignment. If you found a magic genie lamp and it granted you three wishes, what would you wish for? I've got this in the bag. I can already spell words with more than three letters, and I can almost type on a computer by myself. Plus, I already know what three things I want to wish for, and I'm pretty sure everyone will think I'm the coolest, most creative person ever. The year is 1998. I'm six years old, and I dominate show and tell, arts and crafts, and dancing to the Spice Girls. I'm quite well behaved, but occasionally I get in trouble for stupid things, like cutting girls' hair when we play beauty salon, or that time when I helped Kayla Wisniewski draw a penis because she didn't know what they looked like. I didn't get to watch The Little Mermaid for a whole week, even though I was just being a good friend. Also, I should mention that I'm pretty sure I'm the pink Power Ranger. (laughs) On top of that, I got the cute boy from down the street to kiss me, and although the evil, blonde-headed monster, Ashley, who lives across the street from me, is currently threatening me on a constant basis that she's going to tell my parents that we had sex, because apparently kissing constitutes sex to six-year-olds, I still feel like I'm the head bitch in charge. Well, I don't exactly know the word bitch yet, but you bet if I did, I would use it in this context. I should also mention that I am completely aware that I am gay because some very polite older boys made sure to scream it at me when I was around the age of three. But this isn't a story about me being gay because those stories already exist. Before I go any further... I should tell you that this all takes place in the whitewashed suburbs of Northwest Indiana, the runoff of Chicago's South Suburbs. If you can imagine a place that no one cares about, (laughs) not even the towns around it, a place where being unique or different is a foreign concept and people are terrified enough of the word gay. 
let alone queer or t t t transgender, then you can imagine how often my six years of sass takes people and still takes people today by surprise. Let's start with wish number one. I want to be a mermaid. Ariel is a mermaid, and she gets to have awesome red hair, go on adventures, sing musical numbers with fish, and do all of this while clad only in a purple bikini. Did I mention that she gets a dark-haired prince to fall for her without using her voice? Sign me up for some fins. Wish number two. I want a flying unicorn. Does this even need an explanation? I think not. All right, wish number three. Better make this one the best wish of them all. Well, I keep getting made fun of for liking pink and purple. Also, no one seems to understand me when I say I want to play with Barbies. And my brother keeps making fun of the way I swivel my hips when I walk. What, you're telling me that every hallway I am presented with is not a runway? Everyone keeps saying that I can't do and like the things I like because I'm a boy. If boys can't like pink, share their feelings, sing, dance, and be badass princess slash mermaid slash power rangers who get to marry the cute boy in the end, then I do not want to be a boy. I guess that settles it. Wish number three. I wish I was a girl. I'm done, I proudly shout to the teacher's aide, who quickly comes to my side and escorts me to the computer lab. I don't know why she has to monitor me while I use the computer. We haven't coined this term yet, but I'm a millennial, so I got this under control. The lab is across the hall from the classroom. It's a sterile, run-of-the-mill room with cream walls that match the cream-colored cement blocks, ooh, I mean computers, that are placed in a U-formation on navy desks that blend into navy carpet. If the heat from these ancient contraptions, combined with the uninspiring decor, didn't put you to sleep, the cliché posters on the walls with sayings such as, do your best, or make today count, we're bound to. Oh, look what we have here, she says. The two of us are pretty tight. What can I say? I've pretty much always had a good rapport among teachers and staff my whole life. Plus, I drew some pictures to accompany my wishes that go well beyond the expectations of a kindergartner. She marvels at my mermaid and flying unicorn drawings, but stops at the last wish. Oh, is this correct? It says here that you wish you were a, a girl? She asks with the most incredulous look on her face. Really, the one thing that shocks you is neither the mermaid nor the flying unicorn. <laughs> Adults are so strange when it comes to facing queerness head on. Yep, I reply. I don't see what's wrong with this. She makes this face. You know the one you make when you realize that your Indiana State School curriculum didn't cover this? And she quickly scurries her way back to the classroom. Maybe she's not feeling well. Why am I suddenly not feeling so well? Sorry about that, she says as she returns just as quickly as she fled. I just had to talk to Miss Nondorf about something for a minute. Let's finish typing your essay, okay? Well, that is why we're here. There is definitely something up with her, but I'm not even going to worry about it because I have some coloring to attend to after this, and everyone knows that I do not mess around when it comes to staying in the lines. The rest of the day goes smoothly, and I return to my charming, dollhouse-resembling home with a small garden, large, white front porch, and bold navy door. 
My project is neatly tucked away in my backpack for my mother to discover later, since she is the current gold medalist in the Going Through My Stuff Olympics. I then begin my usual ritual of plopping myself down in front, in front of the living room TV for an unhealthy amount of hours. Unfortunately, my TV time this evening was about to be cut short. I hear my mother from the other room. Alex, you need to turn off the TV for a little bit. Excuse me, I'm in the middle of a really good episode right now. Like, could you at least wait for a commercial break? Alex, did you hear me? Your father and I need to talk to you. Turn that off now. Jeez, okay, I'll turn it off. This better be good. Suddenly, I'm flanked by my parents on both sides of the couch. My mother in acid wash mom jeans that probably reach her belly button and blonde bangs curled neatly on her forehead. My father with his dark handlebar mustache and a lingering scent of motor oil even though he's already changed out of his work clothes. They've got my essay with them, which is weird because why would they interrupt me in the middle of a perfectly good TV show to tell me that I did a good job? Only, it doesn't look like they think I did a good job. They're not even looking at me like the teachers I did earlier. They look angry. Now, I should tell you that my parents really are the definition of good parents. They're the kind of parents who didn't want me to work through high school so that I could be involved in extracurricular activities, have sacrificed their lives to support me through college, and have come to Chicago at 3 in the morning to take me to the hospital. Unfortunately, when it comes to my sexuality and gender presentation, the very little progress they make happens at a glacial pace. They're now at the stage where anytime I mention something about dating or even say anything about queer people, their eyes glaze over like their brains have temporarily stopped processing and they create strangely pleasant facial expressions. It probably doesn't help that my brother also likes boys. <laughs> Sometimes we forget that our parents sort of have to come out as well. I awkwardly avert my eyes and glance around the room. My living room hasn't changed much throughout the years except for a picture or a tchotchke here or there. Mostly everything from the carpet to the couches to the wood accents on the ceilings and walls or some shade of brown. Everything we own is dated, but it's inviting and cozy. I had no idea how uncozy it was about to feel. My mother speaks for the both of them, per usual. My father only speaks as a last resort, and you do not want it to get to that point. Alex, we want to talk to you about what you wrote. It says here that you wish you could be a girl. Why did you write this? My heart starts beating quickly. So, I guess it's not okay for me to want to be a girl? This is the second time today. Feels like that time those boys kept shouting at me for being gay. Is, is this another thing I have to hide from my parents? No one yells at my tomboy best friend for wearing boys' clothes and playing sports. Why is everyone so terrified of a boy wanting to be like a girl? Is there something wrong with girls? Quick, just make something up. You're good at lying. Ah, uh, well, you know, girls have it so much easier, I say. Yeah, I can totally spin this into something. <laughs> girls don't get picked on as much as boys do. It's working. My parents' faces start to look less frightening. My mother, who has experienced living in a patriarchal society all her life, kindly explains that, in fact, girls do not have it easier than boys. And I pretend like I've learned my lesson, and once more I'm granted television access. I could say, 
crisis averted, but in all actuality, things were about to get worse. Because when my parents, along with my school system, my friends and complete strangers, tried to reinforce the idea that femininity is wrong, it stuck with me. It seeped its way into my subconscious. Will people get weirded out if I wear these earrings? Is this haircut too much? Will they jeopardize my safety if they hear my high-pitched voice? Even worse than that, I began to resent the femininity I saw in other men. I was terrified of being associated with the handful of other feminine gay men at my school when I should have been embracing them and creating a safe community. I should have embraced their beauty. My beauty. I came out about my sexuality near the end of high school, but when that was over, I didn't realize that I still needed to come to terms with my femme identity. It has been and still is a constant battle between feeling safe in my environment, feeling desirable to other men, and feeling comfortable to be completely myself. Don't get me wrong, I've made a lot of progress, and I'm proud of who I am, but this is something much bigger than me. So now, I celebrate you. The boys who walk like it's fashion week all the way to the gym. The boys who look pretty while dominating at video games. The boys who want to go to a One Direction concert and drink dark beer. I see you. I know you. I am you. You are perfect. Got a little soul, the world is cold, no place to be. Want a little warmth, but who's gonna save a little warmth for me? We know the fire rates, some believers all of the sinners the same. Girl, you and I would die, unbelievers bound to the tracks of the train. Were you ever told you couldn't be who you are? Who did you push away in fear? When did you finally allow yourself the freedom to be your glorious self? That was the Pink Power Ranger, Alex Kessler. This story was curated by Nick Ward with performance direction from Julian Stroop and a live sound design from Nick Kawahara. You can always reach me for a comment on this or any other Second Story podcast at podcast at secondstory.com. Be sure to follow Second Story on Twitter at Second Story or on Instagram at Second Story Chicago to get behind the scenes of our curation process. If you like this podcast, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes so more listeners can find and hear this work. Second Story podcasts are brought to you in part by the Gaylord and Dorothy Donnelly Foundation, the City Arts Program, the Chicago Community Foundation, part of the Chicago Community Trust, and the Arts Work Fund. Second Story podcasts are produced by Eric Hazen, with special thanks to Sherry Pentamone and C.P. Chang. We share our stories so you'll share yours. Now go and knock them down with story power. I'm Ozzie Totten, and this is Second Story.